Well, you'll never get them together. I'm the only one who can do that. Come on. Are you really bragging about that? There's something wrong with your love story, baby. They may love you, but they will never love you as much as they love each other. Otherwise, they wouldn't share you, would they? Maria, el postre. Welcome to Marcus Played, the movie podcast about movie podcasts with proper intros. <laughs> it's not working, man. It's not. Know. Know. Okay, got okay, get those, those ratings up, and they, they, they hate it. I don't, I don't know what they liked about it before, but they're not, they're not liking it now. Probably because you hate uh, lovable Emma Stone last week. So this week, you're going to hate on Blake Lively, right? Oh, no, I would never hate on Blake Lively. Never I'll her. Tell you that. Okay. No, Blake Lively is uh, Blake Lively's a... Uh, interesting character so we're talking about savages this week and we're talking about and i guess the the whole too many super chickens uh concept is a it, it's sort of a where do super chickens me, come from somebody told me a story once about you know you can't have too many super chickens on a team we're talking about it from a work standpoint like you've got like these alpha males or alpha alpha performers that can do everything but if you have too many of them they start pecking at each other for okay. for dominance and it just doesn't work out but if you've got a couple of super chickens and then you've got a couple of little little you know what do you call them worker bees types you know they, they know their role they do their thing they're they're good at their thing you've got a cohesive team so who it's are the role the, players who are the super chickens in uh oliver stone savages we, we've got salma hayek in here yes agreed we've got benicio del toro here who is out of control in this movie is this the most benicio uh performance maybe uh, in his That's filmography saying a lot. i know but he he is a lot to to handle in this one. <laughs> just, it, I mean, I mean, even in the Marvel movies, he's or the Star Wars movies, he's yeah, he could have a the white wig and be uh like a a space pirate of sorts, and I still think he is more grounded than <laughs> what what he is here as the uh the the heel. He's he's the heavy for sure. Oh yeah, and then you've got obviously Blake Lively, uh, John Travolta is here in a role, and. And but and you can't ex- uh, exclude Oliver Stone because you've got a a a very very big name a heavy behind hand the helm. Uh, yeah. behind the the camera there for sure with his own particular style. And then Aaron Taylor Johnson, Taylor Kitsch, even Damian Bashir, who we I think we both really liked in uh, in Hateful Eight. I liked him a lot in uh, the one I think he got nominated for. Was it A Better Life, where he, he's playing the the father? Um, I think so. I liked him a lot in that. Uh, he does tend to play, unfortunately, I guess, more uh, villains. Because uh, I'm tr- trying to think of other times where he was just playing like a decent guy. And I think that's the only one that comes to mind. Yeah. But uh, there's these... <laughs> when you talk about... <laughs> I don't want to label Aaron Taylor Johnson or Taylor Kitsch as, as super chickens. No, I would. I would say that's the... That may be the disconcerting part of Savages is all the heavy hitters are the the supporting are players. The back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. And I had tr- I had trouble with this movie. Like it, on concept, the the porn lover in me wants to see this this savagery. Wants to just watch these beautiful people, you know, glisten in the sun. You know, even every single one of them is this, this beautiful person, and it's shot in such a way in this uh, idyllic uh, beachside. 
is with lots of money and all this stuff. It's even like colorful the way it's shot. Um, but I, I struggle with it because I don't know what this is. Is this a serious movie? Is this a comedy? Because there's so many different like weird things going on that I just really I was all over the place. Well, I mean, it opens with you're talking about uh, beautiful people uh, fucking here with uh, Taylor Kitsch and Blake Lively, and we have this fairly obnoxious voiceover throughout of Blake Lively. Hate it. Blake Lively's character, uh, she, I mean, she opens this, I think it's in the first, you know, five minutes of meeting these characters that she's introducing them all to us, uh, where she talks about the, the orgasms that she has and the, the wargasms that he has. Ton is a killer. Two tours, Iraq, Afghanistan. And he came back with a lot of cash, but no soul. He's always trying to fuck the war out of himself. I have orgasms. He has wargasms. Oh boy! Ooh, there are some. I mean, they had to, right? Like, I'm I'm putting that all Oliver Stone. There had to be people in the room saying, like, maybe we just don't use that line. That maybe just those two having sex already has the audience's attention, and we don't need to talk over it. I should be enjoying this. I should be having a good old time. (laughs) Why am I cringing at watching this? Uh, Yeah, maybe uh, Mr. Stone didn't want you to enjoy yourself too much uh, that that early in the movie. But uh, I I guess the source material, I'm sure, like, you know, that it's – I'm. is it Don Winslow? Is that the author's name? Do you have that in front of you? Yes, yes, it is. So I actually, like – Started, I think it was on Audible or one of those apps where I, I could get an audiobook from the library. Uh, one of his, I think, uh, now is a, Matt Damon is attached to it about crooked cops in New York City. And I could see some of those, some of those lines coming from the novel because it's, it's got that extra pulp to the, the dialogue and the narration that you could read it and it sounds like kind of a cool line, but you, then you have Blake Lively trying to, Sell it and say and sell it. it again in this like breathy uh, delivery, right? Like she, the way she's given it to me is in a very sexy tone. Do you, you know, like her character just, here at all? Her, her character has zero to do. I mean, she's, she's got stuff sp- to do. And oh, she's got. <laughs> we approve wow. of that. Uh, we're saying that. There's, you know. <laughs> well, okay. So you let's go back a couple episodes and you dog talk my lady Julia Armand. For having no redeeming qualities of an individual person, right? right? Yes. Here you've got spoiled rich chick who is... They define her in the first 10 minutes by sex with these two dudes mm-hmm. all the time. And and how they do it and all this stuff. And the, it, it is like the utter failure of the Bechdel test. <laughs> it's like complete nonsense. But is it not a true... It might me- pass the Bechdel test. A true measure of friendship, though. <laughs> Where... Two best friends, business partners. Blake Lively could easily come between them. Got to watch those hands, though. Just watch where they're at. You just just figure out a a situation where it makes it palatable to all involved. You know, sharing is caring. All this, I I, I totally, totally got it from their sort of weird uh, hybrid perspective. And there was a, there's a moment later in the film where I guess Salma Hayek is trying to do the sort of the uh the mental warfare with her when uh the she's, motherly role that she puts on her yeah she's the uh the captive and she's says these two guys uh who are you know i mean she's being used as the uh the princess in the castle to to get these two drug dealers to 
to yes. bow down to the, the, the queen here, Salma Hayek. And, uh, she, she puts out there like, you know, they don't, they don't love you more than they love each other because they love each other enough to share you, like to not betray the other one, but you. And I don't know. Uh, it was funny watching it with my wife. She like nodded like, mm-hmm, that's exactly what they're doing. And, <laughs> and I was like, eh, okay. It doesn't matter <laughs> like, until, until, until Sama Hayek came along. Everyone was hunky dory happy in this drug induced kind of devil may care. Uh, we don't have to commit to anything, uh, type lifestyle. I guess I bought it and I didn't, but it was funny. I read some, some articles, uh, when I was trying to do some modicum of research or savages, cause it feels like a forgotten film in a way. Uh, you know, I bring La La Land to the table and I, you know, you're bringing something that I can't even find like a podcast talking about it. They, they were talking about how despicable her character is. What? Blake Lively. And why? I, I, don't know if it is the sort of just... She seems to be giving equal time. Maybe they were just defending this actress because she is kind of just pure, as you're saying, pure sex object. And yes. that's the extent of it. Um, maybe that's why the inclusion of the, the voiceover, where they feel like they have to give... She has to be the one telling the story because otherwise it would be... I don't know. It would just look like you're taking away the... The sex doll for these two guys, and they're really pissed oh, about it. You know, sex doll. I mean, oh. but it's it's. I could see how like this material, like I said, like a summer beach read, pulpy type thing. But then you're trying to play it straight with as you you call them all these super chickens. I could see then the studio notes being or in the you know the pitch or the execution of it. They're like, okay, we got to figure out a way to make this relationship seem more than just man. Blake Lively is really attractive, and all these dudes really enjoy having sex with her. And so I think that's why you get the voice voiceover. I think that's why you get the mind games with her when really none of that, none of it really matters. Like, and I'd seen this movie before and I didn't remember too many details of it, of it other than the wargasms line, which I did cringe at in the theater. But watching it again, I could, I don't know. It's like all these elements don't amount to as much as they should. Maybe exactly. that's what you're getting and at that with is the exactly Super Chickens. what I'm getting at. A hundred percent exactly what i'm getting at you you look at these things on paper right you you look at the lakers when they had carl malone and gary payton and and kobe and Shaq, and you're like oh my god look at these guys you got too many super chickens man you have too many these big personalities these these things going crossways on you um and this so i did research i i hinged on the topic versus going to find savages because that's impossible nobody's talking about savages <laughs> I, t- I took probably about three minutes of searching for something about savages and that just went so out you, the door you so gave me- up you're like the internet yeah. has failed me so okay gotcha so i tried to find another movie where the super chickens phenomenon happened and i don't know if you remember this movie a few years ago called the counselor by ridley scott mm. it's it's definitely would be in this this sort this of trashy hundred percent yeah, yeah absolutely so uh I found a podcast. It's called "Why Is This a Thing?" podcast, and they are they they kind of like mock things, and uh, they, but they openly say that this is possibly the worst thing that they've ever seen, and not in like good fun worst, like absolutely mm. worst. This is not in the vein of a lot of the bad movies that we do on this podcast. The name of the film is "The Counselor." It was released in 2013. Mm-hmm. It is directed by Sir Ridley Scott. Yeah. It is written by the great American novelist Cormac McCarthy. It stars Academy Award winners <laughs> Can Brad I Pitt this movie <laughs> and Javier Bardem. And I also think Academy Award winner Penelope Cruz. 
Yep. Oh, right. yeah. Oh, she's in this, all right. And the, yeah. the great Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz, not an Academy Award winner, but still great. <laughs> um, and uh, Michael Fassbender, I think one of the great actors of the last decade, right? Right. Uh, I don't know anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Michael Fassbender is pretty good. Yeah. He, uh, in, in most things he's in. I mean, I've never. It, I've never watched him prior to this and thought, man, that wasn't very good performance. As one film critic said, though, he's a great actor that picks his movies with a dartboard. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. This. I, I can't imagine how anybody could have read this script and said, sign me up. They saw the name Cormac yes. McCarthy yes. and that was it. Is that what happened? That's I, I, all that happened. I think but that's exactly what happened. You can't just, I don't know, maybe... I'm an idiot or something, but I feel like you can't just look at a name and say yes. I feel like you should read the script. And I think when Javier Bardem says she fucked my car, <laughs> I think you would have said, maybe this isn't a movie for me. They go into detail about all the people involved. You know, they start listing off. I mean, you've got multiple <laughs> Academy Award winners. They name the I mean, names and then yeah, shame and then, them. Okay. Then you've got Fassbender here who... Yep. He hasn't won anything, but he is widely uh, lauded as one of the best actors of our generation. You've got Cormac McCarthy writing, directed by Ridley Scott. The, and this is super chicken heaven. Like Background players include Edgar Ramirez, Brad Pitt, Toby Kebbell, John Leguizamo. And what a catastrophe this is. So they just basically rattle off, like, how does this happen? How did, like, Because you read, the, you read the story, which is right there on the paper. Got it. It was written by Cor- It's like almost... They basically posited that they, they somebody saw the name like Bardem saw Cormac McCarthy right at the top, Ridley Scott right at the top. Oh, book me, I'm in without reading the damn thing because if they would have read you, the damn thing, you shouldn't be blamed for that either. You look at that if you have to work with somebody side unseen, that combination, it, it should be you know this should be above average. Uh, like I, when the when the movie came out, I saw the trash reviews. I saw them, and I don't care. I was there. Same. You know, because it's Scott McCarthy, Fassbender, you know, Cameron Diaz, Javier Bardem love these people. Wow, it is hot trash. I kind of like that movie, kind of. Did you like the uh, car sequence, the, yeah. the the windshield? Is that what you're, where you're going with? <laughs> Bardem's face during that whole thing is majestic. Like, <laughs> like trying to live through that moment and him trying to connect the dots on, he knows what he's seeing. Because he's he's human and he's been around female company before, but <laughs> him trying to comprehend what's actually in front of him at that moment is a thing of beauty. Did you ever have a fish tank when you were a kid? I never I never got into that sort of thing. Oh, so you never had like the the you know you could buy like a sucker fish <laughs> that would like adhere itself to the uh, to the glass and it eats the fungus and the. I have a feeling they would not be as fun as uh, what Bardem got to experience. Um, or is or is threatening uh, is the way that that scene is. Oh yeah, out. it's frightening. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think I think it's funny. I think Savage is probably is more effective at what it's trying to do than the counselor. But I think the counselor is far more memorable, just with the weird shit like that. And the counselor is also like the uh, the the much sort of darker sort of version of this. Like yeah, they, they, you know, this is the. This is kind of playing to, um, I think, a young male, almost like video game audience, uh, where it's like, wow, like, and you can, 
you can speak more to this, but like having served in the military, I'm like, do you just call up military buddies just to start murdering people like <laughs> on the desert? Like Taylor Kitsch just like it is like a video game. He's like, All right, let's call in the uh non player characters and we'll put up some guns here and they'll help me out and we'll just take care of this. Uh, I had a scenario. I'll, I'll, I'll open it just a little bit. I'll go through that door right here. Okay. I had some scenarios where some gun-toting dudes from the military time offered my, their assistance in a certain in matters. Oh, okay. It exists. Yeah, well, like it, I, yeah, I just, it happens. I was just looking at it more from the uh, the more nihilistic uh, Brad Pitt thing, which is like <laughs> you better just run and hide, <laughs> don't get yeah. caught in the street. That sort of thing. That was my worldview uh, of it. Uh, did you ever see the uh, the director's cut of it? Because you know Ridley Scott is infamous for that. No, it cleans it up a little bit. I, I don't think it's going to totally change your mind, but uh, yeah, it's it it makes it make it a small modicum of uh, I guess more sense. Uh, it's still, counselor. I mean, I, it's hard to like walk away from it because you have these high expectations, right? With that that cadre of people that you're bringing to the table, um, it, it, no matter how much cleanup you do with it it's like okay so how about this (laughs) you compare the counselor to avengers endgame right Mm -hmm. where again tons of super chickens all over the place i don't know maybe you're not hinging your you're you're hanging your hat on the actor itself on the actor the actress himself you're it's part of a thing it's more like uh our our last week's episode like I, i feel like you know ryan gosling and emma stone they become like absolved into the like the 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 musical aspect of Wall Land. Like oh oh it's that type of movie. It's not just a Stone Gosling movie. It's like oh they're doing a a modern musical that sort of thing. It's like they they become part of the IP. So it's like you know I'm sure yeah, yeah, okay. Chris it. Evans yeah. and Robert Downey Jr. If they did some sort of you know like uh was, there's was a movie I liked that a lot of people didn't. Um, your co-host on True Bromance was one of the main ones. Uh, Triple Frontier. Oh yeah, Ben Affleck okay. and much of those dudes. Like, to me, that is like if you like Avengers Endgame, you should kind of like that. Like this, it's a men on a mission movie that you know. But that's not gonna that's not gonna play the same because there's no like there's no big hook attached to it. It's just like you a know what pure the thing genre movie. Frontier is it's sort of caught in no man's land. Mm. You either have to be smarter, go to like platoon uh apocalypse now range or you got to be dumber yeah and go yeah, that's to, a good way to put it uh commando predator range you know it's sort of a no man's yeah, land yeah. of it's too good to be too dumb but too bad to be a, like a really excellent I mean, uh, a lot of man on a mission netflix originals really like they just just a lot of money thrown at uh, stuff that doesn't want to be doesn't want to play with the big boys like an end game um so you're, you're talking about expectations a little bit the podcast because i also like you know i've lamented not being able to find stuff on savages which was fine uh i started looking up uh podcasts that talk about spring breakers because i don't think it has like the too many chickens thing it actually is like the the reverse of this where you have james franco as probably the only like known talent and then the other actors involved are child actors who are now doing decidedly adult things sort of announcing Such disrespect for gucci Mane. yes <laughs> <laughs> selena gomez i like her uh, okay i mean uh so the, the podcast I, I i found is called the greatest moments in the history of forever which also i like because it has a sort of a smart ass vibe to it but they 
uh, and sort of proclaim themselves as like you know, discussing like uh, their their favorite things in pop culture that they discover, uh, and sort of making that case uh, about this is this is one of the greatest moments, uh, primarily for us movies. Uh, but they were they were talking about uh, the, the importance of casting child actors uh, to be involved in a story where you're going to see them commit armed robberies, uh, drug use, uh, the ever important threesome, which ties into our always know, a good time. Yeah, well, you know, savages. Uh, I, I can't really pinpoint like a time exactly when this kind of started, but the idea of meta working its way into pop culture, yeah. And I do think the casting of these girls in particular was oh, yeah. intentional. Right, yeah. Uh, if they were unknown actresses or lesser known or known for not being child stars per se, I don't think, you know, it would have the impact, um, you know, they're... No, it's definitely... It makes it way more of a draw. They're... And it's... It, it, it makes it a draw, and it also it makes what they do in the film more jarring. Yeah, which includes you know armed robbery, <laughs> uh, doing drugs, having threesomes in the pool, yeah, killing people, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just all kinds of crazy shit. Yeah, and I mean, Vanessa Hudgens and Ashley Benson's characters in particular are. They like freak me out. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, they, imagine they're like complete sociopaths that seemingly have like no emotion. Or <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's let's lay it out. They, <clears throat> along with uh, Rachel Corinne, who is Harmony Corinne's wife. Yeah. They, the three of them, are the ones that go and rob the chicken shack. Which, first of all, first issue. <laughs> like, I don't know if okay. So they need money. It's like. If Ashley Benson and Vanessa Hutchins just like showed up at anywhere I was at and they were just like, We need money, I would just like hand them my debit card and be like, Have fun. <laughs> just write them like a blank check. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I wondered what you thought about that because it seems to be like, I guess, unfortunately, a necessary step for, for actors. And there's a little bit of that with like Taylor Kitsch here, who was, I think, at this time, this was the year of Kitsch and like he had <laughs> three big bombs like john carter battleship and savages i think we're all in the like the same like six months stretch oh wow yeah john carter battleship savages <sighs> back to back to back Eesh. um but it's like it's like this was his version of spring breakers where it's like okay i did the what he thought was gonna be the the populist hits the, the disney sci-fi fantasy thing the, the you know the the big summer action movie and yeah. then he's doing the the sort of the, the oliver stone drugs sex you know violence type stuff and so i mean do you like that or do you think it ever feels like way too forced the actors like oh i gotta do something to like change my persona real quick i, I think uh sometimes it works you know I, I look at tom hanks and wrote a perdition where he wipes away the oz shucks america's dad thing and it goes a little more hardcore but does he really deviate that far you know he's still very paternal you so still kind of care for him yeah you yeah, still, still like protective. him protective yeah you still lo love tom hanks which is kind of got a segue into what we're talking about next week, but that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah, we're, we're getting our timing down. It's like we get mm -hmm. these one star reviews. It's like okay, we can we can pick up the pace. You know, we can we can run the laps <laughs> faster on the shit that you hate. Yeah. <laughs> <Wherever> you are. <laughs> I 
I think that I'm trying to think of other examples because it, you're right. Sometimes you gotta like uh, get in the dirt a little bit and and get and get away because you get typecast, right? You end up uh, you know being the, the the girl next door, the boy next door. Like uh, for, oh, here's another one going back to uh, uh, the Marcus played archives, the Meg Ryan. You know, she's the it girl. She's America's sweetheart. But now she's a drunken wretch following through the glass and... Uh, Once have and, sex all the time, though. Well, with a Mexican <laughs> helper or something at the same time? What was that that, that was said? Well, no, wait know. a minute. Why is, why is that bad? And then Blake Lively, it's cool. Is it, is it because of the, you know, is there a certain decade that you, uh, you have to be less, you know, sex positive or experimental? Uh, I was, I guess maybe I'm a little more Trumpy in there, <laughs> you know, just making the, sure that I thought you were going like Ryan Reynolds from Adventureland, which is, I believe is one of your favorites where it's like, I love that movie. Do you eventually just become the, <laughs> the old guy at the high school parties where it's like, it's time for you to become more vanilla. <laughs> like your wild days are over. Is that, is that what you're saying? A missionary only from here on out. That's it. <laughs> Lights off Reynolds, even for you. <laughs> Wait, wait till uh, wait till Jeopardy's over because uh, those are the important things in life. Is, you know, getting it, getting about ten minutes of, of action right after Jeopardy. You, you talk about a moment where you turn off a podcast. Is me ever positing that uh, if my wife heard, uh, if she ever listened to this bullshit, that uh, one would ever turn the lights off to have sex with Ryan Reynolds? She would. That's an immediate Marcus played for her. She's like, enough of this, enough of this nonsense. Yeah, yeah. She she would have the valid point there. <laughs> you know, I can see you turning the lights off for me. You know, it'd be like, uh, have you ever seen Boomerang? No, Is that's that actually come up on uh, the grand gesture. Me and uh, my co-host Derek there. That's one he wants to to put on the schedule. Wait, you fired you fired Dave. I mean, Dave. You know, he got he got divorced. <laughs> <laughs> Who is he to talk? I need a therapist that's had a successful marriage. To get to wow. <laughs> Jesus. That's actually his reasoning on why he uh, was not really feeling talking about, uh, I guess, relationships uh, on a podcast anymore. I just felt like that was more material, but I don't know. <laughs> I know, man. That was like, where did it go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Which movie influenced you? Uh, and should, you know, we should not follow in those footsteps. Oh, no. Um, Jesus. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I, I, I just should we put a I'm clip a, here for a podcast directed by <laughs> Dave has returned to the comfort of movies and movies only. Nothing about real life. Yeah, I just I don't even know where to take this from there. I, this is one of the few times that I don't have a funny quip or a segue to walk away. Just back it off. <laughs> is this my edit? Oh god. It is your edit. <laughs> oh boy. I have to clean this up. Cue the music. <laughs> no. Oh, <laughs> Oh Jesus! So savages. Um, <laughs> you know what I noticed about savages? What about savages? Is how stupid and silly certain aspects of it are. Like their their ringtones, the the editing and the graphics when they use for cutting off like Livy's head. Some of the music is very like ice cream truck music that they play. It's so oddball that I don't know where we were going with this because. Everything else, the situations, the people's demeanor, their actions is very, very serious. But then you've got a guy named Chan. Like, maybe it didn't work out for you to the kitchen because you got a guy named Chan. Yeah, I, I mean, I think part of that is I'm very hit or miss with Oliver Stone in particular. And I don't, I mean, this is definitely not his Jackie Brown, right? Like, I, you look at how even someone Tarantino is stylistic as he is. Uh, Jackie Brown is somewhat of an outlier and just, it feels restrained. And maybe it's not, 
Well, that's the one he didn't write, so, I mean. Right. Um, but it's like he, he sort of modified, you know, what people liked about him, and he stayed within the same genre. Like, obviously, Oliver Stone has done films about violence and, and drugs and, uh, you know, all, all sorts of, you know, you get into criminal aspects, something like, obviously, JFK, which is on, like, a world-changing landscape. So he can do that sort of thing with a long cast of characters and jfk has got a also uh the yankees of the 20s lineup murders row yeah. of actors yeah. and that one is certainly a lot more to take in and more complicated material but he makes it work he i don't know it kind of to me seems like he was a bit suspicious that he didn't have the goods here and so there's just weird little quirks thrown in to what could so be he's just like fuck it i'm just gonna have a good time with this yeah. i don't yeah and i mean but see when benicio does it I like it when he's when he's like eating Blake Lively's spit that she is she spat in his face and he just is he just reflects he it wipes back. his he's the best part is he takes her hair and wipes his face with it like the beer oh god I, I, see, I don't have a problem with that and that is that is so over the top um, yeah I, I don't know some some can pull it off I I I think. It's just I don't uh, I don't know about our two leads here. With uh, I, I've never been a fan of a- Aaron Taylor Johnson at all. Like I find him to be a black hole of charisma, and this this has not changed that. He's, just, he's a very very good looking dude who really just hasn't had the I don't know if he can't or he hasn't had the opportunity to. But if you look at uh, what was the movie he did with Jake Gyllenhaal a few years ago? Oh, Nocturnal where- Animals. Yeah, where he's got this one character that's, I mean, he's dialed up. He like turns the volume up. He's trying his, to do the Benicio yes. part. Yeah, and it's like taking a shit on the porch and just being crazy, and it just doesn't quite, you know, he doesn't he doesn't have the stuff for it. But I don't know, man. I I, I don't hate him either. You know, he's just he looks the part of oh, a yeah. movie star. He has he just, but it just doesn't connect. And uh, you know, you when you mentioned someone like Jake Gyllenhaal. I, I feel like him as the sort of like guy that's maybe in over his head, uh, could match the energy level in sort of like a manic or sort of like a cornered animal type way. Uh, look at someone just like his, his nightcrawler role. Like, you know, oh, yeah. I, I, I guess I'm missing a little bit of that with savages when you have all these, <laughs> these crazy cast of characters led by Benicio coming after these guys. Uh, I want to see that kind of matched a little bit. And then I don't know if I have a problem with Oliver Stone's sort of, you know, overbearing sort of uh, director's hand coming in. If it's just, if you're just going to go all out, it could be just a wild time. Uh, but it, it feels maybe because of the, the actors chosen. I don't, I don't know. Maybe they just played a little too straight with these guys where it feels a little restrained considering there's like mm. nothing restrained about the events of what's going on here. Yeah, no, it's just a bonkers sort of scenario. And yep. Yeah. Maybe maybe I'm wrong about this movie. Maybe they're not super chickens. Maybe they're just uh, <laughs> a bunch of. <laughs> what are they? Go ahead. I was gonna say like little nuggets or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I do love some chicken nuggets. Oh, they're so delicious. <laughs> I don't know where to go other than say uh, I don't think the the next movie selected will be talking about chicken nuggets. I hope not. Jesus. <laughs> I hope there's some reverence for the next one. A lot less threesomes, that's for sure. Maybe that is to the the film's detriment. I don't know. Uh, all right, so I'm I'm shooting my my shot here. I um I was playing off of savages, but I'm playing it decidedly safe. I hope uh, for your sake. I hope for the the you know 
ratings that are just going down the tank for Marcus play that you have nothing negative to say about uh, the next film, which is Saving Private Ryan. Uh, the theme that I want to go into is uh, damsels in distress, because that was one thing that, as I said, I touched on maybe is a little problematic that Blake Lively as a shared sex doll uh, gets, wow. gets these guys to, to go to Mexico and kill a bunch of people to, to get their sex object back. Uh, I was trying to think of a movie where it's a it's a dude that's you know the damsel in distress, and I think the most famous one it's got to be Steven Spielberg's uh, classic here with with Matt Damon as the the quest object. So, which one are you going to lay down your life to go rescue, Blake Lively or Matt Damon? Which one are you going to like bleed, leave the blood out there for? Look, I don't think uh, Ed Burns is quite as mouthy. If he knows they're going to go save Blake Lively, I actually don't think there's any near mutiny at all in Saving Private Ryan. If it's Blake Lively at the on the other side of that bridge, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Well, especially if it's Savage, it's Blake Lively because he's assured he's going to get a cut. He's going to get his turn. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Marcus Played. Please rate and review <laughs> Apple Podcasts. Yeah. 